Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this memorial service for Joanne Copperman. I want to especially welcome those of you who are visiting with us, and there seem to be quite a lot of you, and that's uh, wonderful of you to come. I want to say on behalf of Joanne's family and loved ones just how much your presence here means. It is a great comfort to family to have people with them at a time like this, and I know that, uh, I know that Coral and Jeannie especially are grateful. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here as we take the opportunity to remember Joanne and also to glorify the Lord together. I do want to ask you, uh, we will be singing a few songs, and we have lyrics to those songs in the bulletin. So if you didn't get a bulletin, we need to get you one. Could you raise your hand if you need one? Okay, we do have a few, so we'll work on getting those to you. Because we want you to sing. We're actually going to be uh, listening to see how well you're doing it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, hold on just a minute. Let's uh, let's take a moment. I'm going to help out in hand. Okay, so plan B is we're going to hand out all that we have, and if you could please share with someone nearby if they need to look, that would be, uh, that would be very helpful. So thank you for that. Hey, what a wonderful issue to have. We weren't expecting so many, so thank you for surprising us. So as we begin, as we begin, I just want to, uh, to say that obviously we are here. To remember Joanne, we want to honor her as God gifted her to us, but we also want to glorify the Lord together and worship him. So on this day, let us take the opportunity that is before us and to remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Great is the Lord. Let's stand together and sing, How Great Thou Art.
I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. And on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he had died to take away my sin. we pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we do proclaim your greatness and your goodness and your grace and your mercy. For in an hour like this, we are thankful to you for the gift of your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by whose perfect life, atoning death, and victorious resurrection, we have an everlasting hope and a love from which we will never be separated. Thank you that as we remember Joanne today, we can remember a gracious God who loves us and has made provision for us so that we may have eternity ahead of us. So we ask your blessing on this service. We pray for comfort. We pray for help and strength. We pray that you will be glorified. And all of this we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. This is the reading of the word of God, Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. 
before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning, they are like grass, which sprouts anew. In the morning, it flourishes and sprouts anew. Today, toward evening, it fades away and withers. For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we have been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you? So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. Oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. Let the fervor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm us, or and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. When Pastor Patrick uh, gave me Psalm 90 to read, it reminded me of one of Joanne and I's last conversations. We had been going through the gospel-centered life, and we were reading Isaiah 55, 6 through 7, that says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. From those verses, we acknowledged that there is an expiration date on seeking the Lord, that our window of opportunity for embracing the gift of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that he offers for our sins through his death and resurrection is limited. We discussed that that window of opportunity closes either at our death or at the return of Jesus Christ, whichever occurs first. I remember at that time that our conversation was sobering to both of us as we recognized that we were not guaranteed tomorrow or even the next half hour. But even as we spoke of these things, Neither of us believed in our hearts that we wouldn't be sitting together discussing the gospel-centered life for the next six months, let alone the next couple of weeks. The day before Joanne's passing, she had attended Howard Showalter's memorial, and as Dave Schaefer tells me, she was so very excited and rejoicing that she knew that Howard had believed in Jesus Christ as his Savior and was now in the presence of Christ. And that was Joanne. She loved life. She was enthusiastic and was passionate about how it should be lived. 
She gave the longest and hardest hugs of anyone I ever knew. And whenever we held hands in prayer, she was so strong that there were times I thought she would crush the bones in my hands. She was a woman who was committed to her convictions. Although it was not easy, she cared for her sister Sarah for the last few years of her life. And she also believed that instead of saying, love you, one should say, I love you, because it was more sincere. So before we left each other's presence or at the closing of a text or an email, she would always tell me, I love you. I miss Joanne, and I know that you do too. But I believe if there was one thing that she could communicate today, it would be, I love you. And at the same time, she would speak with conviction to each one of us, seek God while he may be found. Thank you, Rachel. Um, we kind of put together this little program and it included some passages from the Bible that um, speak to comfort and to hope. Rachel read Psalm 90, which is certainly in that category. And, um, and I suppose there are people around this world who... who for one reason or another, doesn't trust the Bible, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that uh, the words of Jesus are not uh, important and true. And so these are the words of Jesus Christ. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am there, you will also be. And you know the way that I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In a few moments, uh, when I finish the scripture passage, um, I'm going to have uh, Rachel come up and start off a time when, when uh, if you have a funny story about your experience with Joanne or something that was particularly touching, we want to give you the opportunity to share that. And so we'll uh, open the floor for short uh, <laughs> memories of, uh, we have a hook over here, <laughs> so uh, short memories of uh, Joanne, um, but we, we do want to hear from you, so if you have a story, you could be thinking about it to make it concise at this moment. And then from Revelation chapter 21, this is the Apostle John, because God had given him a vision of heaven. And I suppose that as we look through the scriptures, we, we find that there's really not many places where heaven is spoken of with great specificity and at great length. 
this is one of those passages. I think there's, a, there's reason and intent in that. I think that God knew that if he were to express exactly how wonderful heaven is, that we'd all want to check out early. But Joanne believed this, and this was her confidence, and this was the basis of her trust. From Revelation chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. That's weird. But I think for a sea, or largely a a desert and agrarian uh, world at that time, the sea was a fearful place. If that's for me, I'm tied up at the moment. (laughs) You might take this opportunity to shut your phones off. So the sea was a scary place for, for people in that desert, uh, desert society. <clears throat> and I think that one of the things that God was communicating was that heaven is not a scary place. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be among them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And then, In the next chapter, the very last chapter in the Bible, John expresses this from the vision that God gave him of heaven. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of the street. On either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. Uh, the Lamb, speaking of Jesus Christ, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and he, and there will be, uh, there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light or a lamp for the light of the sun, because The Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever. It's a great statement of the glory of God living in heaven uh, by the light of his glory. Throughout the scriptures, light is used uh, in in describing God. Matter of fact, that was the very first thing God created. Let there be light. When our Lord Jesus Christ was up on the up on the cross, the Bible tells us that for three hours there was nothing but darkness, pitch darkness on the face of the earth. Why was that? It's because the light of the world was being extinguished. Joanne 
believed that because she believed the Bible. She came here, she sang, she sang. She would love to hear this singing here today. She always sang, and, and uh, of course, she was with Sarah, and Sarah always sang. Sometimes they would sing so much they'd get under each other's skin with the songs that they would sing. <laughs> I've modeled my own life after that. But, uh, but my, my memories of, of Joanne, uh, I was um, the pastor of the church when she uh, first came and joined our church. And, um, and my, my memory of Joanne is that she was always so up. You, you just didn't know when she was down because she was always up, always positive. And, uh, and that hugging thing, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She uh, she would always be right there laying one on me, and um, she she was just a very loving. You know, and over the years, our church here, Bay Presbyterian Church, has gained the reputation of being an extraordinarily friendly church. If you don't have a church, you might try it and see if I'm right. But we've gained that reputation as being a very friendly church. And I think um, Joanne contributed her share and then some to that reputation. And, uh, and that means the rest of us are going to have to kick it up a notch. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to miss Joanne. I loved Joanne. I loved Joanne. And um, she was wonderful. Uh, and, um, and she was a friend. When I had some surgery earlier this year, Joanne was uh, always sending me a note, an email, a text, something uh, to express her prayers for me and her concern for me. And she was a good friend, and I will miss her. Oh, I want to ask Rachel to come now because Chrissy, a niece, uh, wrote a note, and, and Rachel's going to bring that to us now. Good morning, everyone. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend this beautiful, beautiful celebration of life service for my Aunt Joanne. My name is Chrissy, and there is so much I want to say about this awesome woman I love so dearly, but I will try to keep it short. Aunt Joanne was such an amazing person. My world would be so different without her. I still look at my phone, waiting for her daily texts. Gosh, how I miss those. She was my mother's brother's wife, Uncle Larry. After my mother died, Aunt Joanne said she was my second mom. I loved that. She was always there when I needed someone to talk to. She was so much fun. She would come to visit us, and we would always look forward to it. We laughed and laughed and, of course, shopped and shopped. We all know how much Aunt Joanne loved to shop. And visited friends and family. We knew that during her visit, it would be a week of game shows and football, especially Ohio State. I can still hear her yelling at the football players, go, 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 even if it was not the right team. <laughs> or yelling, thank you, when somebody gave the right answer on the game shows. Aunt Joanne was a unique and beautiful woman who had the most wonderful smile. I loved her so much. I was her niece, but I've always felt 
that she loved me like a daughter. It breaks my heart that I could not be here to bid a final goodbye. I will miss your beautiful smiles and warm hugs. Goodbye, my sweet aunt, until we meet again. Have you ever met someone in your life with an infectious laugh, a smile that goes on forever? Well, I met that person. I was probably five or six. She sat on top of my grandma on my granddad's piano. I would sit there on the little wooden stool and turn around and around and around and look up at the beautiful lady on the top of the piano. I would think to myself, I want to know this lady. I found out this lady was Joanne, my cousin. We had met several times at reunions, but it wasn't until I grew older that we became best of friends forever and ever. I would go and stay at her lake house in Lakeland, Florida. All the fun we would have shopping, because if you knew Joanne, she never met a top or a pair of shoes she didn't love. <laughs> we would share stories, family history, girl stuff. As the years went on and our relationship grew, I had so much love for this woman and that smile and laugh. Joanne was known for her jokes, a million of them. I wish I could repeat some of these, but probably should not, based on the house we're in at the present. <laughs> One day, I was visiting Joanne. We were at the Elks Club, which, by the way, she was the Florida State President of the Lady Elks. And I asked point blank, are you my birth mother? She said, Jeannie, what would ever make you say that? I said, well, Joanne, look at us. We're pretty much two peas in a pod. We're both gorgeous. We have a great sense of humor. There's just too many similarities in the two of us. She, of course, denied all of it until one day she said, there's something I need to tell you. I was 54 at the time. I'm telling you this because I feel you need to know your medical history. I am your birth mother. I said, well, it's about time that came out. We remained the best of friends. Oh, Joanne, how I miss you. Thank you for the wonderful memories. I will cherish them forever. I love you. Beautiful words, courageous words. Are there others that would like to share? I'm not going to tell Dave, no, he's bigger than I am. Good morning or good afternoon. Uh, it all started in that room over there. Dave Schaefer and I make coffee every every Sunday, and uh, we make coffee, and then we sit down, and we talk, and then people will come in before Sunday school, and, and we're uh, kind of enjoying our time uh, communicating and talking, and this lady comes in. I didn't know Joanne at the time, and uh, immediately, as John said, she had the light. She lit the room up, so you knew something was special about this this gal, and then 
I always, I, I kind of take it back because I always thought she gave me the hardest hugs, but evidently not. But she, she could give some hugs. And I now also understand why she always looks so attractive and so good because she's a shopper, kind of like my wife. She loved to shop. So it's all making sense now to me. But she would come in there, and it would be every Sunday, and it wouldn't be the same if she wouldn't come in to have coffee before Sunday school. She'd come in, and we'd drink coffee, and she started calling me dad. And at first, I uh, that's kind of strange. I don't know about this. But then the more I got to know her, she said, you remind me of my dad so much. And so it was a weekly thing. She'd say, hi, dad. And give me that bear hug. And it, it was incredible. She was such a precious and loving person. So outgoing, gregarious, just friendly to everybody. I don't think she had an enemy. There wasn't anybody she did not like. And she would pull the best out of you. And that is a characteristic that a lot of people don't have. But she had it. She had the light, John. Just as you talked about, she had the light. So, I love you, Joanne. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Who else? Come up here, D. I am not long-winded, so this is going to be very short. <laughs> Yes, dear. <laughs> so the thing that I always think of when I think of Joanne, you talk about her smile and her hugs. She has flashing eyes. I could be across the room from her, and we would make eye contact, and they would sparkle, and we would, they would flash, and we would know that we were there together. And she's sending love, and I'm sending love. So I will miss that experience with her every time I come in a room. And I'm going to look for those eyes. But those eyes are with God. So all is well. Anyone else? Go ahead. You come up here if you want to. I think I Thank you for that. 
How many eagles are here today? Can you raise your hand if you're an eagle? Wow. Welcome to all of you. Who else? Al? Come on up here. What's that called? You have to be warned now when you approach 90 of uh, little things like that. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, the Eagles, welcome. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to uh, have you come out. I don't know whether you noticed it, but she, Joanne, did this picture of the Eagles with fine lines and all. It's well worth walking by and viewing. Talking about the hugs, but also she believed in greeting one another with a holy kiss. And some of you have experienced that also, which is in the Bible four times I caught that. When you first see the, the, the three of them, you, you, you don't think of them as a, a, a triple threat. You, try, you think of them as a triple three, treat. And uh, they're not uh, Charlie's angels, they're Clarice's angels, and that's in the bulletin there. And she, she was an angel, unawares, but often aware, <laughs> to which we are deeply, deeply grateful for these three sisters who have contributed so much to our church and our fellowship, and for which we're deeply grateful and thankful you Lord, for, for having her come here and being a part of this group and being a part of the Eagles. For this all of Jesus rubs off on us and we catch it sometime in life. And we pray that through this experience we would go deeper, deeper with him, to, with a life eternal and not just stopping here. So thank you. Blessing. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Come on up. Joanne definitely had a love for, for life. She always had a smile. She always had something wonderful to tell you, to say to you, a compliment. She was just a positive person all of the time. And something that I learned from her is no matter your adversity, no matter your struggles, no matter the obstacles, life is a wonderful thing. There's so much joy. There's so much happiness. And there's so much to be thankful for and to live for and to, and to enjoy. And that's what Joanne did. And she reminded me of that. She taught me that because we all have those. We all have those obstacles in our life. But Joanne just, she plowed through it and she kept going and she kept her positive spirit always. I love you, Joanne. Very sweet. Anyone else? Good words to share, good thoughts to have. 
one of uh, Joanne's favorite hymns is In the Garden. So we're going to sing that now as you have that insert available or perhaps one nearby that you can look on and, and see. And so uh, if you're able and want to, let's stand together and sing this hymn together, In the Garden. As you remain standing, take the opportunity to say together Psalm 23, which is printed on the back of your bulletin, a beloved psalm of many down through the ages. Let's all read together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may be seated. And so just briefly, and I mean that, you know, a lot of preachers lie when they use that word. I want to try to assure you that I won't keep you here all day because so many wonderful things have already been said. And after all, there isn't anything that we can say at a moment like this to make any difference in Joanne's life. She already had exercised her faith and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she left us the day that uh, her spirit departed the body. She went into the presence of the Lord. We believe that. Paul affirms that in the New Testament. And so let's be comforted in knowing that today. There is no lingering here. She has gone on, as a friend of mine used to say when he would talk about somebody who had departed this life, or he would just flat out say, you know, he left us. I would come into here, especially on Monday mornings. Uh, Joanne would be here regularly, and she and Sarah, uh, until Sarah left us, but uh, they would be here, would come to the church around, uh, oh, nine o'clock or so. And uh, one occasion, there was one of those events where I guess there was a wreck on I-75 and all the traffic got diverted down the Tamiami Trail. And so I had a hard time getting here that morning and I was late. And I remember coming up to the door. I said, Joanne, I'm sorry I'm late. And she looked at me and she said, oh, what happened? I said, I got held up in traffic. And, uh, you know, she gave me a hug, but I don't know if she ever believed me or not. I think she thought maybe I just got up late that morning. But even so... Uh, had to be here to have the door open because she would make a beeline back there for the coffee, even though she always said Sarah was the one who wanted coffee. Um, she drank it. She was a dear soul because my mother is a retired nurse. We would talk about medical things, and I could swap some stories with her as my mom had told me experiences, and Joanne would talk about her experience in the medical industry, and that was always something of a bond between us. And the other one, strangely enough was breathing. Uh, In the last couple of years, it seems, and especially in the last month or two since having COVID, I have found myself struggling with what appears to be asthma. And so uh, Joanne would talk about, you know, the day and how's breathing going today? And I would usually say something like, well, I'm doing it. And uh, she uh, would tell me about her struggles with that. And of course, she was a cancer survivor having lost... uh, part of her lungs, and so she and my mother had that in common also, and we would trade those stories. But as we think about where we are in this moment, I simply want to direct our thoughts to the Word of God, as we already have read from it, because it's important at a time like this that we read from the source of all truth, God who has given us His Word, so that we wouldn't be left to figure out things on our own, which we couldn't do anyway. But we think of how the Lord Jesus, just before he would be horribly crucified on the cross, when he would go through an agony such as like none of us will ever know, because there in those moments, those six hours on that Friday, he endured an agony that can only be characterized as the wrath of God. As he is looking at that moment, as he knows it is his moment, he prays in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And the Bible says in John chapter 17, as he prays, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Joanne left us far sooner than any of us were prepared for. But I think we have to affirm together that the hour came. The moment came when it was her time to go and be with the one who had made her and redeemed her. And the Lord Jesus Christ underscores that all our days are ordained for us before one of them came to be, as the psalmist says so eloquently. The Lord knows what he's doing. The Father knows precisely the plans he has for us. And so the Son accepted that plan, and those of us who follow the Lord Jesus do also. We submit ourselves to him. It may be that Joanne wasn't ready to leave at the moment that she left here. But even so, the hour came. And the good news for us is that the Lord Jesus has made provision for that hour when it does come. Sometimes I'm not ready for things. I wasn't ready to give my daughter away when she got married. I can remember as I was standing with her at the back of the church, and, you know, being a pastor, it was kind of an awkward thing anyway because I knew I was going to have to walk her down there, and then I was going to have to turn around and change roles. And so I was nervous about all of that. But suddenly as I was standing in the doorway, I was kind of mad. I thought, you know, when the... When the doctor delivered her and said, here's your daughter, he never said anything about having to give her away, and I wasn't prepared for that moment. I don't think any of us can be fully prepared to leave here. We're not prepared today, even now, though it happened sometime back to say goodbye to Joanne. It's a sad thing to think we're going to be here in this place, the eagles are going to be in their place, and she's not going to be there to light up the room anymore. Her hour came. But the Lord Jesus made provision for that. And Joanne, by the grace of God, having repented of sins and trusted in the Lord Jesus, that doesn't mean you suddenly become perfect. I mean, look around you. There's a bunch of us that go to church here, and as nice as we may be, and Pastor John was being very kind to say that, there's none of us that are perfect. At least I'll speak for myself. And as I often say, if you suspect that I might be, just talk to my wife. She'll straighten you out. It doesn't mean that we suddenly become perfect and and we no longer do things that are wrong. It just means that we're forgiven. It means that we have been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus, that that sacrifice he made on the cross means something, that he didn't just die to be an example, to show us what it means to live a sacrificial life or to do something that's really profound or, or to be willing to die for something that you believe in. When Jesus died on the cross, he really accomplished something. He accomplished salvation and purchased eternity for those who believe in him. I mean, think about it. Our whole calendar is oriented around him. B.C., A.D., or if you accept the modern method, you know, it's B.C.E. now, or Common Era. But it's still all oriented around the coming of the Lord Jesus. Everything is oriented around him because the moment he came, everything changed. And when he says, my hour has come, all of us can be assured of knowing that that hour means everything for us because Christ the Lord gave everything for us in order that we might gain everything in return. And so we read those words with hope and with joy even. And this is eternal life. Think about eternity. 
We've got a telescope out there orbiting the Earth now that can see farther into the universe than we've been able to see before. Millions of light years out there, and we know that there's still the universe beyond that. How much is eternity? Even more than all of that. This is eternal life. That they know the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is the prayer of the Lord Jesus. And that is our source of hope today. And so we read, knowing that there are literally earthly remains here before us, that because Jesus went to the cross, because he was buried in a tomb, and because he came forth from that tomb, we know that this is not the last of life. The spirit of the believer goes immediately into the presence of the Lord, but the rest of the story is that Jesus is coming back to get what's left. Just as surely as he was raised from the grave, so our earthly remains also shall be raised up on that day. And so that's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning with verse 13, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so that's the promise, that one day Jesus will return physically, and everybody's going to see it. It's not going to like you'll miss it because you're not watching TV that day. There will be no mistaking that moment when the Lord returns. And those who are his, who have gone on before us, will be with him. Those who remain here will be caught up together with them in glorified bodies, no longer encumbered by cancer or COPD or other things that take life from us. No, glorified bodies, resurrected, wondrously spirit and body rejoined, and we shall forever be with the Lord. And that's the hope I want to leave you with today. Because have you not known? Have you not heard? That the Lord is the everlasting God. He gives power to the faint. And those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and grow weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not grow weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads down, we thank you for the Lord Jesus and for the gospel of grace. And we thank you that we can celebrate in this service to know that a servant is safely at home with you. And so these earthly remains remain here. But inasmuch as she has departed this earthly scene, we're grateful for the joy of heaven and for the spirits, the souls of those made righteous, even by the Lord Jesus himself. So bless us, Father, that we may follow after, repenting of sins, trusting in the Lord Jesus, receiving the promise of everlasting life that belongs to all who trust in him. Please comfort Joanne's loved ones who grieve. 
but grant that we not grieve like the rest of the world that has no hope. Bless us, Father, to abide in Jesus by faith until the hour comes for each of us. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to do something entirely unpresbyterian. One of Joanne's favorite songs is a song that we actually sing here, and it's printed for you in your program there. And so you're going to recognize as this starts that this doesn't sound like a funeral hymn, and it's not, and it wasn't meant to be, but it's a hymn that Joanne loved. There's a video of this, and you might be able to see it on YouTube, of a whole bunch of Marines, United States Marines. That's like the guys that we expect are going to go ashore and, and, and take care of things. They sing this thing with clapping and with joy. Now, I'm not going to ask that we try to mimic that, but I do want us to sing it together because we think she would have liked that very much. And so Coral and Jeannie have chosen this hymn it, or song. These are the days of Elijah. Just stand up. Let's sing. You'll get the hang of it.
agree. That is just what she would have wanted. Amen. And now I'm going to pronounce the benediction, but before I do that, let me give you just a word of instruction. There is some food prepared back there, and so if you would be just kind enough to wait where you are for a moment and let these folks up here on the front make your way back there. We'd like our family to have first dibs on that. And others of you take your place, and we'll just try to serve in turn, and we'll serve until the food runs out or until the last one is served, and so all will be well. But before you go, I want you to go with the Lord's blessing. Because together we've had the opportunity today to worship the Lord. So may he go with you and give you his joy. To that end, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up unto you his countenance and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. And everyone said together, amen. Amen.